Hi, and welcome to, at any rate, the JP Morgan Global Research Podcast, where we take a look at some of the drivers behind the biggest trends and themes across fixed income currencies and commodity markets. I'm Fabio Bassi, at the European Rate Strategy, and I'm here today with Francis Diamond and Aditya Chordia to discuss the upcoming ECB and then DOE meeting and their potential impact on the European rate market. We're recording this podcast on Friday, the 20th of October, and our comments today are based on our latest Global Fixed Income Market Weekly publication, which is available to institutional clients of JP Morgan and on our JP Morgan Market website. So let me start with Aditya. After a long time, we're going to have an ECB meeting that has virtually zero expectation of the rate target. Does that mean that the focus will quickly shift back to the balance sheet? Do you expect this to be to accelerate on QT for the pet component of the balance sheet? And you think that the market is already pricing some of that? Thanks, Fabio. So the ECB meeting, I doubt it's unlikely to deliver anything new on the QT front. The full discontinuation of APP reinvestment has already started from July 2023, and the full reinvestment of PEP is still ongoing, and the guidance is that it will continue at least until end of 2024. We do not expect discussion on accelerating QT via part of full discontinuation of best reinvestment or active selling of APP portfolio at this October meeting. We firmly believe that the ECB is unlikely to seriously consider best QT this year or even until the early the early part of 2024, at least till the heavy one Q supply is behind us. As we still believe that the flexible step in our view has been a credible safety net that has been shielding peripheral spreads from external shocks. We also believe that as time passes, the priority of additional QT or further tightening will decline under a central scenario where we expect the ECB to start easing somewhere around the second half of 2024. Also, as President Lagarde mentioned at the September meeting, interest rates remain the key policy instrument with PEP remaining the first line of defense for transmission. Hence, we believe that the ECB also values the PEP as an important safety net. And over the past couple of weeks, we also heard some comments from ECB hawkish members who talked about PEP QT, but all those comments were still in line with bringing PEP reinvestment stopping from late 2024 to somewhere around mid-2024, so still consistent with our view. In terms of market, I still believe that intermediate spreads, especially peripheral spreads, are pricing some chance of PEP QT announced this, this meeting. So I believe if our base case is too bright, we expect to see some uh, relief modest tightening. On the risk scenario, they announced something on PEP QT. We expect significant pressure on Italian spreads. The magnitude of pressure will depend on what they announce. Is it a full announcement of PEP QT starting now, or is it a commitment to forward starting of QT? Thank you. So given that we don't expect anything on PEP QT now, Fabio, and no rate hikes on the horizon, I think the next topic which everyone talks about is what happens to reserve remuneration. Is anything on the table on that? Well, I think it's pretty clear that the ECB and the national banks of the euro system are under pressure to reduce the cost of reserve remuneration while preserving some monetary policy transmission. So in terms of the big picture, I think that it's unlikely that you're going to see anything in terms of either the ECB uh, or maybe also at the National Central Bank in changing anything in terms of the government deposit remuneration after what we saw from the Bundesbank in, in August. Uh, clearly, the discussion is suggesting that the increase in the minimum reserve requirement seems a viable option. However, we believe that this will come late and not uh, already this week as probably part of the full revision of the monetary policy framework. And the case when uh, it's done, we believe that it's going to be 
a very small increase. We believe the order of two to three percent, and clearly quite far from the five ten percent that Oldman at a certain point mentioned in, in the press. We also highlight that a reverse steering system, in our view, is probably going to be more efficient and less penalizing for banks. But the rhetoric from the ECB does not look like it is going in that direction at the moment. Now. We've uh, no much expected from the ECB. I think that the challenge that we saw in uh, trading European rates over the last few weeks has been a strong beta to dollar rates in a world where the, world, the concern about uh, supply and term premium have driven a large bear steepening over the German curve. Do you think that is that dynamic over? Do where do you see value in EGP uh, at the moment? So, as you mentioned, probably like we are strategic. Over duration view on euro rates has been near some challenge. Like our strategic view has been driven by this end of cycle carry theme, which we believe that in case of ECB, we aren't there. And also, given the valuations, like money markets are pricing policy rates still above 3% by mid to late 2025, which in our view still is quite restrictive and consistent with the Goldilocks uh, scenario. Given the recent downturn in the euro rate, euro rate growth data, I think. Market completely dismissing a recession risk is quite optimistic. So, from that point of view, we believe there should be a bit more term premium or risk premium in the money market, and hence driving a strategic medium term, let's say long duration view. But clearly, uh, we, we have been highlighting a bit of caution in trading the duration tactically. Uh, the near term challenges to overvaluation outlook comes from increasing geopolitical uncertainty, higher rate volatility, and as you mentioned, increasing term premium concerns as combination of fiscal largeness in the U.S. and also uh, lack of price insensitive buyers. So I think all these things together, along with already some over investor position in Europe, is creating a bit of a headwind in the near term. As you mentioned, the beta to euro rate, uh, USD rate has been a key concern, as we believe that for our medium term view to work, either the euro rate have, US rates have to stabilize, or the euro beta to US has to decline further. But over the past few weeks, what we've seen is the beta, especially in the long end, has picked up again. And that has been challenging at least the duration outlook uh, or the steepening um, sort of a near-term duration outlook. We still believe that intermediate or short-term ease, the beta to US remains quite moderate, and that, that has been the case recently. And on that front, we still remain comfortable owning medium-term duration in the five part of the curve, but highlighting that in the long end, we still remain at the mercy of US. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, let's now move to uh, UK with uh, Francis. Let's turn to the BOE meeting in early November. Markets are pricing only five basis points for November, and I believe a cumulative of 15 by February next year. Do you see any opportunity at the front end of the UK curve? Well, the Bank of England has a tightened bias from the last meeting. Obviously, they held rates, but with all the sense for a hike. So I think it's reasonable to expect markets to price some degree of expectations, not just for this meeting, but also as we go a little bit further out the curve. I think, though, from the data perspective, the shift in momentum that you would need to see, particularly for labor market data, uh, so the wage data, and the service uh, CPI data, isn't really occurring to make us think that there is a reasonable chance of a hike in November. Yes, the data this week on the inflation side is a bit firmer, in terms of some of the underlying core pressures, but actually what we saw with core service inflation was a print that still came in below the Bank of England's own forecast. So I do think the bar here is relatively high. 
I do think you would need to see something pretty uh, uh, unusual in the data flow uh, before the November meeting, which seems difficult given the key uh, inflation and labor market data now out of the way. So I do think it, it looks unlikely, but as noted before in earlier in this year, the Bank of England uh, has surprised markets. Um, we do have a sense for hikes from the previous meeting. So it's not impossible, but I do think our sense here is probably it's uh, no hike in November, probably in December as well. So we would have some modest bullish uh, sort of view of the front end of the curve in terms of what's priced in, where I don't think valuations are quite there yet to, to warrant positioning. Probably we see more value in, in money market flatness, to be honest, uh, more of a, a view on the Bank of England eventually starting to ease rates over the medium term. And it's worth noting when you look at what's priced in the front end of the curve, you basically have a bank rate priced uh, at 5% or above 5% all the way until the start of 2025, which doesn't really seem to take into account potential uh, impacts from higher policy rates over time, nor a sense that eventually we do start to see financial tightening spike. So we do like uh, micro-curve flatness, uh, such as March 24, March 25 on the Sony curve. Uh, thank you. About a month ago, we were recording a similar podcast, and I recall that you were cautious in entering endospectral trade for UK. Has anything changed in the meantime? Do you see some value to enter now in endospectral trade? Well, if you look at the value in terms of outright level of yields, um, 10 year yields back at the top end of the ranges, five year, five year, some year forwards are pretty much uh, within five basis points of last year's LDI highs. So you could argue in terms of levels, uh, it's definitely more attractive in terms of the value. But do we feel more comfortable entering late cycle trade? I still think we are cautious. I still think the uh, end of cycle um, point is not particularly clear. And I think the sense we've had over the last couple of weeks is UK rates, particularly in the intermediate curve, have been dragged by the steepening in the dollar curve and the whole supply demand or technical backdrop that we've seen play out in the dollar space. So I think we still want to stay relatively cautious. We still want to stay relatively uh, light in terms of duration risk, acknowledging the beta with the US and the dynamic there. And we'll probably also highlight on a relative cross-market basis, actually intermediate guilt yields do look a bit rich cross-market um, given the move in dollar yield. So for now, it's a similar story. We're so cautious. We still don't have a, a strong view on the cycle trade and we uh, wait to see the data over the next couple of months. Uh, thank you, Francis. So to summarize, on ECB, no much is expected next week, both on policy rates and balance sheets. We keep a bullish duration outlook in euro with long in five year or in green as the best expression. Just to mention, in derivative portfolio, we're holding some vertically at the edge, in addition to fading some premature easing that is priced in early 2024. In UK, we keep money market pattern between March 24 and March 25. Uh, remain cautious on outright duration risk and end of cycle trade. To all our listeners, stay tuned for more updates on the fixed income space ER on at any rate. JP Morgan Global Research Podcast Series. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read the JP Morgan Research Report related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2023, JP Morgan Chase and Co. All rights reserved. This episode was recorded on October 20, 2023.